Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today I want to, we're continuing our series called The Good Life, The Good Life, and uh, we're talking about how to reduce stress, okay, did I get your attention, how to reduce stress, how many of you could use a little less stress in your life, let me see your hands, okay, hey, that's great, only about 65%, if you don't have any stress, come see me, I'll give you some, <laughs> I'll share mine with you, so um, so today, I, I think what we're going to talk about is going to be very, very intriguing uh, to you, and I think it can help you uh, in your life. That's what God's Word's all about. It helps us with life. And uh, this morning, as I talk about that, I want to uh, start off with this. Uh, about 15 years ago, Rhonda and I uh, uh, moved into a, a neighborhood, uh, if you're familiar with the area off Kellytown Road, it was Pebble Brook uh, Subdivision. And we built what we thought was, you know, was our dream home. And it was the dream home uh, that we, she want, we wanted. Notice I said she, we wanted. <laughs> Maybe you've been there. Uh, and so, you know, and, and when we moved in that neighborhood, it was a lot of young couples that were moving in with their families. So we got to know each other. And, and we were the kind of guys that would, you know, help out each other. And, uh, like we helped each other lay sod, and we do all this yard work together. We actually had a man code in that area, and that means that, you know, the man code was this, is that before any man could do anything in his yard, we had to all get together and talk about it. And the reason for that, because we knew that when we drove to the neighborhood, if our wives saw another man doing something in his yard, we were going to have to do it. Okay, that was funny, but anyways. Uh, so we planted, we, Rhonda and we began to plant things in our yard, and one of the things that we planted was a crepe myrtle. Now, maybe you, it looks picture looks like this uh, of the crepe myrtle, and it's a it's a beautiful tree, bush, whatever uh, you have, and it was awesome. But we planted it right beside our driveway, and so a couple of years, you know, as it grew, it started producing the things that crepe myrtles produce, and and uh, dropped it. You know, started dropping these little bitty, I don't know, pink balls, buds, I guess, onto the driveway, and. Uh, and it was staying in the driveway. And I was like, listen, I gotta get rid of this thing, you know? And so I told Ron, I said, we need to at least cut that back. She agreed, so we cut it back. And, and man, it just went crazy. I mean, like it just got mad and just went and started sprouts going everywhere. And I said, you know, I said, Ron, that looks, that looks horrible. She agreed. And so I cut it all the way down until, you know, ground level where I could just put a little dirt over it. Thought I'm done. Oh no. Oh, no. That thing started uh, having sprigs come up. I mean, I just let it go for a little, and it made a huge bush. I'm like, this is horrible. And so, I mean, this is a year-long process. And so finally, I cut all of that down, and I dig around it. I get my axe out, and I cut all the roots around it, and I get the root ball out, and I take the root ball, and I throw it into the wood, and I said, done. Showed you. Oh, no, that thing was from hell. <laughs> It was. I'm not even kidding. That thing, I, it's like, I mean, I'm talking about, so that was a fall. 
The next spring, I'm not kidding you, all of a sudden there were sprigs of crate myrtles popping up every, you know, around that area. And so I had to go trace down, pull up every root that you know, kept on going. And so finally, I thought, you know, I got it all up. I finally got every root that I could find. I mean, this is like a two-year process. Finally, you know, five years later, I'm out mowing my lawn. Out in the yard, you wouldn't guess it. Yes, you would. A crate myrtle springing up. You know, so here's how you get rid of a crate myrtle. Move. That's what I did. I just moved. So the reason I share that with you is because a crate myrtle has great root system. And it is from the roots that it gets its nutrients to produce the beautiful flowers. And, and like, you know, just like an apple tree, you've got to have good roots, right? You've got to have good roots to have good fruit. You agree with that? Good, good roots produce good fruits. And so here's a saying that I want to, to stick in your mind today. and It's coming up on the screen, so let's just read it together. You ready? Here, let's read it together. From the root comes the... Let's say it again. From the root comes the fruit. So, so it's from the roots that where the fruit comes from. Now, in our lives as well. It's what's what deep within us is what's going to come out of us. And so we've got to have good, good root system to have good stuff coming out. So look what the Bible says. In Ephesians 3, it says this. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Now let's read the root part. Let's read what's online. You ready? Come on. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. See that? So the Bible talks about these roots. If we're going to have good fruit, we're going to have less stress, then, then we've got to have good root system inside. So, so from the roots comes the fruit. And so remember that in your life. And so I'd like to give you three things today that I want to talk about. We're going to jump back. I'm going to uh, key on one verse. We're in the book of Philippians. We've been talking about that. This guy, Paul, is writing that from a jail cell. And I talked all about that the first, uh, first message. So if you want to get the background of that. But he begins to talk about this. He begins to tell us some things to do to make sure that our root system is growing in Christ. And so here's the first thing I want to give you, and then we'll explain if you want to have good roots, and that is this. Number one is this. Would you write this down? Is stop expecting the worst. If we're going to reduce stress in our lives and we're going to have less stress, we have to stop expecting the worst. Now, I don't know if you were taught this or not. I think our culture teaches this. We are taught as a culture is this. Would you agree with this? We are taught to plan for the worst and hope for the yeah, plan for the worst, hope for the best, right? I mean, that's the way we're taught to do. Well, let me tell you something. If we're going to the moon on a rocket ship, that is great, great philosophy, right? I mean, like, you want a backup plan for the backup plan for the backup plan. But in relationships, that's not very good advice. You know why that's not good advice? Because it seems that when we plan for the worst, things always go according to plan. Let me say it again. When we plan for the worst, when we plan for the worst, it seems that things always go according to plan. And so we have to learn to change that thinking in our lives. Now, that's why the Bible says this, Philippians 4, 6, Paul writing here, this is the first person, part of this verse, we're going to break it down, the rest of the message. He says this, don't be anxious about what? Anything. So the word anxious, anxiety, comes from the word worry. It means practically the same thing. And would you agree with me that worry kills our joy? Would you agree with that? Let me tell you about worry. 
Worry cannot, worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot control the future. The only thing that worry does is messes up the present. It messes up right now. It can't do anything about what happened yesterday or five minutes ago. And it can't do anything about what's coming in the future. It only messes up right now. Matter of fact, worry will exhaust you. It will wear you out. You agree with that? I would say that, that worry is like a treadmill. It will exhaust you, but you will get nowhere. Right? You agree with that? Okay, yeah, there we go. A little slow with that, but there we go. All right. It will, wear, it will just exhaust you, and that's the way that we feel in our lives sometimes. It just exhausted because we have worried. You know, my grandmother used to say, oh, they worried me to death. Well, I didn't realize that. that's true. You can worry yourself to death and to exhaustion. And so um, I actually come up with, a, uh, or, or, or found this survey by a guy, Dr. Uh, uh, Walter uh, Carvert actually wrote, found this to be true. He did this uh, uh, stats that he found to be true in people's lives. Look what it says about worry. 40% of worry, the things you worry about, never happen. 30% of the things that you are, uh, are concerns about the past, worries about the past, uh, 12% are needless worries about our health. They never, ever happen. 10% are insignificant, petty little things that we worry about. And only 8% of the things that we worry about actually happen. Only 8%. Only 8%. Now look at the, la look at the next stat. under So that means that 92% of our worries are a waste of time and energy. Now wouldn't you like to have an energy boost? If you can reduce your worry, then you can have an energy boost. You see... Wouldn't that be awesome? And so today, that's what we want to talk about. That's why this is so important, that we have to reduce our worry. Now, I hope that, that, I hope that you've taken that picture in your mind or with your phone or something so that you can remember that, uh, that most of it will not happen. All right, so look what Jesus said again in Matthew 6 and 31. Look what Jesus said. Now, this is a command right here. Let, read these first four words out loud. Let's read them together. You ready? Come on. So do not, do not worry. That's a command. And and listen, worry is one of the hardest commands to obey. Would you agree? Not worrying. Would you agree with that? It's hard. And notice what he said. He said, do not worry. Now, what's the next word? Okay, let's try it again. What's the next word? Saying. saying. There you go. It's saying. Notice, when the, one of the things that worry does for us is we begin to tell ourselves about how bad things are. Or we begin to tell others constantly. So you know by what you're saying to yourself or you're saying to others, that worry has got you. Jesus said, look at it. He said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the pagans do that. He was talking, what is a pagan? A pagan was someone that was, didn't believe in God. He said, the pagans are people that don't believe in God. He said, for the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In other words, he was saying that when we worry, we're acting like there is no God. When we're going around saying to ourselves constantly, you know, oh, this is going to happen, oh, this is going to happen, and all those things, we're acting like there is no God. You know what worry is? Worry is a warning light that you have forgotten that you're a child of God. Let me say that again. Worry is a warning light that you have forgotten that you are a child of God. And that God's bigger than anything and God can do anything and God's got this no matter what. 
The worry is a warning light that you've forgotten that. And so when you start worrying, you let that trigger say, oh, no, 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 God's got this. Now, I will say this, okay? If you're not a Christ follower today, you have a lot to worry about because it's all in your hands. Life is all in your hands. It's all about you. It's what you can do, how you can do it, and that's it. It's all up to you. And let me tell you something. If it's all up to you, friend, you've got a right to be stressed, and you've got a right to be worried because things are big in life. And so that's why I never want you to be that stressed. That's why I want to give you the opportunity to become a Christ follower because when you're a Christ follower, guess what? What's too big for me is not too big for my God. Amen? And what's beyond my abilities is not beyond his abilities. Amen? And so, therefore, when I just, I have the opportunity to say, God, I can't handle this, Lord. You've got to take this. And when you begin to pray like that, it releases the stress. You give, it, you give it to God. And it's amazing how things work out. So today, if you're not a Christ follower, don't leave this room stressed. Why don't you leave it? Once you leave becoming a Christ follower and have a place to take your stress, and that's the Almighty God. And then you, when you give God your stress, then you find rest. And so today, if you would like to do that, and I believe many will, because nobody wants to be stressed out. Let me tell you something. Your pillow will never get uh, more soft than when you become a Christ follower. Because you know, when, you, when you lay your head down at night, and you know if, if you wake up on this earth or, or in eternity, and you know you're going to be in heaven with God no matter what, friend, it get, your pillow gets very soft. And you sleep well. And so there is a, there's a prayer on the back of your, uh, or in your program called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you to pray that prayer. And you say, God, this is me. And the reason we put it in there is because people say, Jeff, I don't know what to pray. So we wrote it down. Say, here's a God. Pray that. Now, when you do that, the only thing we ask you to do is to check this box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Okay, number two. Would you write this, uh, look at this with me? Number two, you ready? Here it is. Oh, man, that's all messed up right there. I can't read that. I don't even have a hashtag in front of it. Okay, let, let's try another slide, all right? Now let's read that, okay? You ready? Create God margins in your life. Okay, would you write that down? Create God margins in your life. The reason that we, we, we put that together, I put that together, is because I wanted you to see how difficult it is without margins. Things don't make sense without margins. Without margins, uh, things become very confusing, chaotic. And I would tell you this, it's very important to have margins in your life. I, you know, used to, uh, I would give people, this would be the financial advice I would give them. Okay, number one, uh, give your tithe to God. Number two, I would say, is uh, spend less than you make and you'll be all right. But not anymore. I don't give the, I added something to that because I've, I've gotten a little more wisdom. And the, th the thing that I would add is, is that you got to have margin. you got to have savings. Why? Because your car is going to break down. Your washing machine will break down, right? And then when it breaks down, they're going to tell you to throw it away and get another one. You believe that? I mean, like, everything's a throwaway right now, right? And so, so you got to have margin. Without margin, there's chaos. Just like that word, you, I mean, you know, I know we live in a hashtag age, but it was hard for me to read that, and it may be hard for you to read it. So you got to have margin that makes sense. And, and I would say about the, you know, a life without margin is a life in hurry. We live in a hurried culture. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry. Got to hurry up and go here. We got to hurry up and do this. Got to hurry up and do that. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Let me tell you something. Hurry produces worry. 
When you get with no margins and you go all the time, run, 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 got to run the kids here, we got to run here, we got to run to And when you're doing that all the time, friend, you create worry. Worry produces, uh, uh, hurry produces worry and worry produces stress. And so, you know, like, like without margin or rest, there's no music. There would be no music without, without a rest, without margin. Matter of fact, ah, what is that? You don't know. You're trying to figure out, what the heck is that man doing? Wait, that's yelling. That's what that is. Right? I mean, that's just yelling. That that's no music to that. That's just yelling. That's like, oh, my God, would you please stop, you know? And so, but, you know, if I go, hey, I say, how did it go? Na, 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 hey, hey, hey. You guys are, you left me hanging. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? So, so we have to have rest we, to make music. And if your life is going to make music, you've got to have margin, you've got to have rest. You, you guys can tell, maybe you can't tell, but I always wanted to be a singer. You would never guess that, would you? I really, I, I, really, I always wanted to. So... When I was younger, you know, I actually joined a choir because I wanted to be a singer. I'd never wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be a singer. And so I joined the choir. And as I joined this choir, you know, I began to sing and I wanted to be noticed. So, you know, being the forward person that I am, I moved forward and I slid up in the choir. And I was like, I started singing. Well, they said, uh, it was a church choir, so they was nice. They said, uh, Jeff, uh, why don't you, your voice really carries so we need you to go to the back of the choir and sit in the back of the choir back here, you know? We need you to do that. And so as I... What is it? Oh, somebody's in trouble. Somebody, this impact team play, we got, they're in trouble. They're so smart, aren't they? Yeah. Only at SCC do you get sarcastic people. I want you to know, that's a life wound in my life, and they just made it deeper. So I joined the choir. Okay, laughed about that, all right. They made me move to the back, not even kidding. But what they were saying was this. They were saying, boy, you can't sing. That's what they're telling me. You know, I, and so I have owned it now. Matter of fact, just so you know, that, you know, usually when, after I speak, you know, the, the band comes out and they sing, and you'll see me behind them going. Well, I want you to know that uh, the number one job of the sound people, they're back in the back. The guys in the sound, would you wave at everybody, turn around, look at them. Okay, our impact team back there, their number one job is turn his mic off. <laughs> That's it. That's their number one job. When he comes out there, you turn his mic off. Because you know what the band says? He throws us off. They tell me, I mean, it's flat out. Listen, you can't sing. You throw us off. You mess us all up. So I'm singing. And even there's been times where my mic's been off. My daughter, you know, she's like her daddy. She's pretty straightforward. She said, Dad, don't sing loud. You're messing us up. I'm like, you've got those things in your head. She said, I can still hear you, Dad. You're messing us up. I'll tell you one more secret. They won't even let me clap. You wonder why do I raise my hand so much? Because I... My rhythm is a little off, and so, I, you know, and they're like, hey, you throw the whole band off. I'm like, well, they ought to be better than that. <laughs> okay. 
enough of that. What I'd like to do right now is because since I'm not, I will never be up here singing a solo, I've, I've owned it, but could I direct the choir this morning? Would you be my choir just for a moment? And give me, give me the, the one thing I've never gotten, okay? And so what I like to do is that we're going to create a song that defines our life when we have no margin, okay? And so I'm going to point to each section. I'm going to give you something to say, and I want you to say it when I point to you. Okay, you ready? So this, we're going to say stress over here. You ready? Let's try it. You ready? Stress. Okay, and we're going to say stress right here. You ready? Come on. Stress. And we're going to say stress right here. You ready? Okay, now you guys got a special part because when we're stressed out, now we've said stress three times, we're stressed out, we're going to go, God! You ready? On the counter, are you ready when I point to you? Okay, yeah, you did better than the first service. All right, let's try that again. You ready? All right, now you got, don't let me down, all right, because you, you, you're the ending. You ready? So let's try it. You ready? Come on. Go, you just go tell those people to put me in the back of the choir. I got more skill. <laughs> the reason I tell you that because the Bible goes back to it, and look what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer, Prayer and petition. You know what he's saying? He said, you got to put God margin in your life. If you don't have God margin in your life, that's where you're going to live. Stress, 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 stress. And you're going to go, oh, God, help me. I'm in a mess the point of breakdown prayer the bible says is the way we find rest you know there's people that tell me all the time said you know what well i don't have time to pray well, here's what i say if you would spend some of that time that you worry praying then you'd have less to worry about amen, amen? amen. and then he goes on and he says this you know uh, he says the word petition what is that petition means that you're praying specifically for something in your life. So that, what does it sound like? You don't just say, oh, God, help my family. No. You say, God, my mom is stressed out right now. Please help her. She's driving us all crazy. God, help her. <laughs> my dad is freaking us out. God, Lord, help him. You know, God, my teenager is driving us crazy. And God, please help them. I don't know what to do for them, Lord. I'm about to put them out of my house. But, Lord, you help them, you know? God, I have a zit right here on my nose that everybody's looking at. You know, my big toe hurts, God. It hurts. And so I'm telling you that God is concerned about specific things. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Amen? If it concerns you, it concerns God. So pray about that. Jesus said this in Matthew 6. Jesus said, but seek ye what? First. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And notice what he said, and then all these things will be added to you. Notice he says, seek first God. Why? Because he's talking about that root again. He said, you've got to be rooted. From the root comes the fruit. All the things will be added after you seek God. He says, seek him first. And let me tell you, when God be, when through prayer, when you put God margin in your life and through prayer, God is able to change your song. Okay, I'd like to lead the choir one more time. Because once we prayed, it's amazing how our song changes in our life. It's no longer stress, 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 God. It changes to this. It's God, 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 rest. Okay, so let's try that. You ready? You guys are going to be God. You ready? God, 
God, and you guys are going to be rest. Ready? Rest. So let's do a good, it's good, easy rest. Let's go. Rest. You ready? Ready? Oh, a little louder this time. Ready? Come on. All right. One, a little more time. A little louder. You guys are cheating back there. You're not saying, I'm telling you, come on, let's try it one more time. You ready? Come on. All right. Help us out in the back. Here we go. All right. You ready? Come on, let's try it. You ready? Oh, I done jacked you up. I said, I'm done, I'm done. I done confused you and me. My hands are going, I don't know. Anyways, you get the point. And so the point is this, is listen. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. So don't panic. Put God in margin in your life. And here's what we have a next step. It says this, I will do my best to put God time on my daily calendar or daily schedule. If you will do that, put God in your daily schedule. I mean, plan him, write him in on your schedule. It's amazing how much rest you will have. All right, I'm about out of breath after doing all that. Okay, number three, you ready? Number three, let's uh, write this down. Anticipate God's favor. Anticipate God's favor. Would you agree with me what you anticipate actually dictates your stress level? Would you agree with that? When you go back to number one, what we talked about, you know, and you're expecting the worst, if you're expecting, if you're anticipating the worst, then, then your stress level is going to go way up. Would you agree with that? But if you're anticipating something good happening, then your stress level is way down, right? And so, so what you anticipate dictates your stress level. Now, um, Philippians 4 and 6, again, look at this verse. He says this. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition. Now, what's the next two words? You ready? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Present your request to who? Okay, here's the key. Remember, he said to God, because we're talking about with God, that's the root, okay? That's our source of peace right there. That's the root. If you're going to get the fruit, you've got to get the root right, okay? Watch this. Then he said with thanksgiving. Why did he say with thanksgiving? This is so key. Oh, oh let me, listen, let me tell you, teach you. Okay, this is a life-changing principle. Most of us pray, and we pray to God about a lot of the same things. Would you agree with that? Okay. We pray about these things, and they're pretty much the same thing. And we leave there with the request that God, you know, help me, my, help me my finances, help me my children, help me my parents, help me with school. And we just leave it right there. The problem is, if you keep praying like that, sometimes prayer can just sort of remind you of how bad things are because you keep saying it, right? And so when you walk out on your prayer with just leaving it right there, you sometimes can leave your prayer time, uh, time of praying, a little more discouraged than you did when you went in. Does that make sense to you? Because you keep reminding yourself of that, right? So the Bible says don't stop there. He says, I want you to go on from, from prayer to thanksgiving. Now, what, why do you want you to do that? He says, give thanksgiving to God. Here it is, watch this. When you give thanksgiving to God, what he's saying is that I want you to envision, after you present a request to me, I want you to envision what it's going to be like when that prayer has been answered. You see what I'm talking about? 
What is it, what is it going to feel like when you get that new job? And what is it going to feel like, you know, when, when your relationship's restored? What is, you begin to anticipate that. He said, I want you to see the answer in your heart because you'll never see the answer with your eyes until you see it with your heart. And the Bible calls that faith, right? That's what faith is, is believing that something's going to happen before it happens, right? So you've got to see it. When you give thanksgiving, you've got to see it in your heart before you see it with your eyes. Now watch this. Why is that important? Why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. Because you will steer to where you stare. Let me say it again. You will steer to where you stare. That is so true. Like Rhonda and I live on a, a busy road, you know, and our mailbox is right, right there, right by the road. And you know what? I found out I cannot go to the mailbox when there's a car coming. You know why? Because they're watching me get the mail. And I'm not kidding. When they're watching you get the mail, they'll just, they don't mean to, but they'll just drift right over toward you. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oh. You will, you will steer to where you stare in your life. And, and so if you leave your prayer saying, oh, God, you know, my marriage is a wreck right now. God, I have no money. I'm broke. Lord, help us. If you leave prayer right there, guess what? You'll be staring right there. And mostly you're going to go down the drain, down the drain. You're going to leave going depressed and down. And, but no, no, no. God said, don't leave your prayer right there. No, no, no. Once you pray, you begin to say, oh, no, God, I see you've got the power to do this, Lord. I've believe i can imagine oh lord my marriage is better i i imagine lord my wife and i getting along real well god i can see how it's going to be to be financially stable again oh it's going to feel so good and lord i can see that lord passing this class is going to be okay god this new job you got for me it's going to be so good and so great i oh it's so good god i know you got this See, see the difference in oh god I, lord, I, my job's killing me lord ain't no good and God, oh, you got me a new job, God. I know it's coming, Lord. Thank you. See how you see the difference in you? It changes you. It's not about changing God. It changes you because it's faith. You believe it. You're walking by faith. Look what the psalmist said. Psalm 27. I would have lost what? You know what he's saying? I would have been discouraged, depressed, down, and beat up. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Did you hear that? I, I, I would have lost heart. I would have freaked out. I would have panicked. I would have been depressed. But I believed in the goodness of the Lord. He said, I believed. Then in the land, I would see him in the land of the living. What does this look like? What does it look like with flesh on I've told you this before, and I'll, I'll continue to tell you, because we're praying for my brother. My brother just turned 44 in March, but he was diagnosed last August, stage four, pancreatic cancer. The doctors told him that he was going to die within five months. It's amazing. He's not dead. Matter of fact, he looks better than me, and that's hard to do. <laughs> He's got a head full of hair, beard. He's 220 pounds. Still today. He's not, he's not in a hospital bed with wilted down to nothing. No, no, no. Every month he goes and he gets an injection, and he takes a little pill, and he works every day. Uh, matter of fact, last weekend, he, he, he told me he played uh, 
two rounds of golf Friday and Saturday. And I talked to him Friday. I said, how are you doing? He said, man, I'm doing great. I said, well, how can I pray for you? He said, well, I'm doing great. How can I pray for you? I said, you got about an hour. <laughs> what I'm telling you, I said, okay. We had the talk about three months ago. You know the talk. Like, what does it really feel like when you, when, when someone has said, hey, you got a death sentence. You're, you got a terminal disease. You're going to die. He said, Jeff, let me tell you this. He said, the first month, I was really down. He said, but then after that, I started getting up every day. He said, Jeff, I don't pray for me anymore. He said, I prayed for me one time, and I believe God heard it. He said, I get up every day, and I say, God, thank you. Watch it. He's seeing it right here. Watch it. He said, God, thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that your hand's on me. God, thank you that, Lord, you're giving me life every day, oh, Lord, and thank you for that life. And he said, God, I just thank you. He said, I get up every morning and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, today I just give you this day. It's going to be a great day in you. And I'm going to live it to the fullest. God, thank you for life today. And Lord, I know that you're going to heal me. See, he said, I see it right here. I believe it, Jeff, right here. And every day he gets up and declares that. He don't go, oh, God, I got cancer. Lord, heal this cancer. Oh, God, it's killing me. No, no, no. Every day he sees himself healed. He sees himself well. He sees himself himself living a long life how do you see yourself how do you can you see it can you see yourself getting better I mean can you see it can, can you see your family coming back together can, can you can you see right here can you see your finances getting better can you see relationships being restored again can you see yourself getting that degree can you see yourself getting that job can you see it can you see it until you see it here you never see it here hi this is pastor Jeff again I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message if you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.